Hello everyone, welcome to Racing Debate. Had enough of Sean Boyce, to be honest, sick and tired of him never giving me the chance to talk. So I just got rid of him. People should be warned, this will be what happens if you cross me. I'll consider letting Boyce back next week. What I will be talking about is this man, Frankie Dottori, a fourth Dubai World Cup on a Bob Baffert inmate, country grammar. Sylvester D'Souza, back with a bang this season as a freelance in the Lincoln for Mick Shannon on Johan. And a Fontainebleau, the jockeys seem to have absolutely no idea where to go. And even the ones that went wrong were determined not to stop. And there's much more coming up in the next hour or so. I hope you're going to enjoy it with, with me here in the studio. So it was back in 2000, wasn't it? Dubai Millennium and Frankie Dottori in the big time on one of the best-named horses of all time, of course, considering what he did in that year. But then Frankie went on to win other Dubai World Cups on Moon Ballad, an electrocutionist, and now on Country Grammar for a man who hasn't used him for in the region of 30 years. They teamed up to great effect, and Frankie won it. And from Dubai, surely, surely with a hangover, he's on the telephone right now. Good morning, Frankie. Good afternoon, of course, to you. Yeah, you're quite right with a hangover. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But well-deserved, so I don't really care. Well, I'm surprised so, um, you've, you've stopped now, to be honest, Frankie. And as you say, completely well-deserved because... To win one of those big ones is hard enough. To win two is just a real Brucey bonus. It, in general, it was just a hell of a night for you, and I was lucky enough to be there. I mean, you were loving every moment. Yeah, look, you know, we have many bad days, uh, many unlucky results, but uh, yesterday everything fell right. And uh, yeah, like you know, I've you know, first of all, Lord North. I mean, I was. I was, I was stride before the line. I was third, and I was stride after the line. I was third, but you know, on the bubble, you know, bubbled the head uh, on the line. I, I managed to dead eat. so it was a good effort from Lord North and good effort for the Clareaven stable to, after a year, to get him back as good as he was. So that that was my first lucky bit, and uh, and then obviously uh, the World Cup. Country Grammar was the horse, Frankie. <laughs> Country Grammar, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's it's, it's quite it's, the whole thing is quite strange because uh, uh, I met uh, Zidane, the owner. Uh, I went to watch him play polo, you know, in January uh, because when I was here in in, in Dubai, and uh, I, you know, I got to meet him, and he said he was a big fan. He had horses in America, and and anyway, we I got to know him quite well and then uh, uh, once I realised then Country Grammar was going spare because Fabian decided to ride uh, Hot Rod Charlie I kind of text Zidane I said listen uh, if, if you want me I'm available and, and he said to me I'd love to have you on the horse you and then just, just speak to Bob so I spoke to Bob and he said listen uh, he said if you if you confirm me now you can have the ride he says yeah he says funny enough I said listen Bob I know you for 30 years uh, I'll gallop horses for you, and uh, would it be quite funny if we both, 
ride in the World Cup and I win it for you. And he just laughed and, 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 the, and the dream came true. I mean, it is extraordinary. Um, Frankie, I know you always like to concentrate on, on the positives and, and the ups of this game. But I think with sports people, the reason people like certain sports people is that they do have ups and downs, etc. And, you know, the likes of Tiger Woods, etc. And you, I mean, after the, during the Trev thing with Sheikh Joanna, etc. I mean, you could, you could have been down and out. And yet, since then, you've had enable. Now you've never won a Dubai World Cup again. I mean... These are kind of things a few years ago you'd have been thinking to yourself, I'll never win these races again, while we were all saying Frankie's sort of the best in the world, etc. I mean, it's, it is a remarkable turnaround from that moment in your, in your career. Yeah, also the Dubai World Cup, for example. You know, I worked for Godolski for 18 years, and I knew when I left that uh, you know, the, the, the chance to win another World Cup was remote. Uh, and I had a few rides since since I left Godolphin, but n- not uh, as a caliber of uh, country grammar. I mean, I, 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 and, uh, you know, and I thought, well, will I ever get another chance to ride a horse that possibly can win it? And, uh, and that's why it was extra special. First of all, I never won a World Cup in Maidan. Second of all, I equaled uh, um, Jerry Belly's record, you know, four World Cups. So, it, 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 you know, when I, when I, when I crossed that line, all emotions came inside me. You know, I thought I never, you know, it was something that I was dreaming of, but I never thought, you know, I would be able to do it in real life. So uh, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a pressure moment. And like you said, you know, uh, you know, eight years ago, and I couldn't buy a ride. So here I am, and talking to you after winning the World Cup. Well, there's always a negative. Um, but uh, speaking of the positives, though, I mean, because of those ups and downs, as, even as a, I mean, in normal life, we all have that. But as a top sportsman, does it enable you now to just enjoy that little bit more? Because you know how tough, even for you, as one of the world's great jockeys, you know how tough it is to win these races. Yeah, you know what? The only thing I regret that I'm 51, you know, <laughs> Now that I'm actually enjoying it, you know, I'm running out of years. You know, how, how long can I keep this up for? I don't know. You know, at the moment, you know, I still, you know, I still got the backup of, you know, uh, Claire Raven, John Gosden, and Sadie Gosden, and I'm, I'm still able to you know, to find rides like, you know, go from Bob Baffert and rode a nice horse for Willie Muir yesterday. So, you know, but you know, I mean, you you never know. I, I, I long will I be popular? How long my career is going to go on? I, I really don't know. So that's one thing that I regret that I'm not uh, in my twenties anymore. But you know, we'll we'll enjoy uh, one race at a time and one year at a time, and uh, and see what the future holds. I really don't know. And you could always look back, I guess, at Lester Piggott, who won the Breeders' Cup Mile. I think it was '54 when. When he won on Royal Academy, fifty-six more like fifty-six was he? Well, it just shows you what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, you know, in, in nowadays with the with the with the with the diets and the nutritionists and the physios, you know, you, and look at in any sports. So look, Roger Federer is forty and he was still going, and and so the, the, there is more longevity than it was twenty years ago. But you know, I'm I'm still you know I'm, I'm not denying the fact that. You know, I'm I'm still 51. I can't I can't take the years off me. And uh, and uh, yeah, at the moment, I feel fit and well, and like I'm still popular. You know, obviously, uh, uh, I've got a lot more experience than most of my colleagues. But uh, we'll 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 take it uh, one season at a time at the moment. 
The Lord North's success in the Dubai turf, and let's not forget that was 1.4 million that race. The Dubai World Cup, 5.3 uh, million. So there's a hefty old nice check coming your way, Franks. Were, were you a little bit, you were, you were talking earlier about the close finish. I mean, we look at those races as a punter saying, you think, oh, I hope I've won that. Then, then it takes time, you kind of think, well, I hope I've at least got a draw. And then when it takes longer, you think, well, I hope I haven't lost it. Um, are those the kind of thoughts that were going through your mind? I'll be honest with you, when I crossed the line, I thought I was third. And then, uh, obviously, what's a good guy as a jockey when you, when you pull up? You know, I had the camera on me. I thought, well, maybe I, I, I just managed to put my nose in front. And then the camera from me went to the Japanese horse. Maybe I lost it. And then, uh, and then like I said, when the, the, it was, the longer it was taking, the more chances that it was going to be a dead eat. Because if it takes that long, that means the judge can split them. And, uh, you know, when you, when you get to that close, you know, uh, I, you know, I was, I was wishing for a daddy, you know, I didn't, you know, and, uh, and when those results came out, it was a massive relief. You know what I mean? When you, when you race for that kind of money and you're so close, the last thing is, is, is you want to go to bed thinking I lost by a whisker, you know, so a daddy is, is a good result for everyone. And uh, I love the connection between you and the winning jockey, Yotaka Yoshida, who, or oh, the joint winning jockey, I should say. Um, I think he appreciated the way you congratulate him as well. I mean, in, in, I know you'll be thinking probably about prize money and all that kind of stuff, but in, in some ways, was it quite a nice moment? Yeah, look, I, I, I really don't know his age, but he, he looks, he looks more, more close to my age than the younger one. So, I mean... When you, you know, you really get to appreciate those kind of moments. And, uh, you know, you know, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough and I, I'm in the world stage in, in racing. I ride many big races around the world. But, you know, th th those kind of people, they only race in Japan. So it must have been a great thrill for him to win such a race in Dubai. And, uh, you know, we, we shared a great moment together. And, you know, we, we, all, we all tried to win. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, even if you share it, it's good enough. He was born in 1975, Yataka Yoshida. I see, I wasn't, I wasn't far off. Yeah, and, and you were saying this training of Johnny G with, with this horse and, and Thady as well, this was a horse who nearly passed away last year. Um, you know, on his, his comeback run, probably as, as an insider, I was thinking that's not a great comeback against Alan Kerr. Probably the stable were delighted considering what had happened to him. Yeah, I'll be honest, you know, when he won last year, I thought, this is going to be a, a good horse for me for the year. And, you know, I was thinking massive things like Prince of Wales, Eclipses. And then he almost died. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, that's the end of him. You know, he's going to go and end up uh, in, in a field and have a good life because, unfortunately for him, he's a gelding, so he could have had the pleasure of, of, of becoming a stallion. But, uh, you know, when, when he came, and I was very surprised that he came back and... Uh, and all the signs were good. And John and Fady were telling me that, uh, you know, he was in a good place. And then uh, John was very smart not to send him to Saudi uh, for a big money race. He decided to run him at Lingfield. Um, so he had a prep race. I know he got beat. I got beat by a good awesome track record time. And um, actually, funny enough, I came back from Dubai and I rode him a couple of mornings and those really improved. And uh, but you never actually let the arm break off fully in the mornings. 
but I was very, I, I was getting good vibes. And yesterday, uh, I was quite confident on top of the straight. But when I did let him go, he didn't have the explosive turn of foot that he did have last year. Obviously, you know, after a year off, you know, you know, you 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 you, you expected to perhaps not be as good. And, uh, but, you know, he managed to get the job done. You know, he knocked her down and he really fought for me. And, uh, you know, if he can do that after a year off, I expect him to improve a little bit more. And uh, let's hope he stays sound because, uh, you know, he's a serious group one also to have in the summer. Finally, Frankie, are we expecting to see you on Angel Blur in the, in the 2000 Guineas, who was kind of one of the surprise packages as a two-year-old? Yeah, um, I, I, well, Rafe, I think he's going to target the Greenham. And uh, he likes to get his toe in. And uh, as you know, he's French bred. So there's a possibility they might go to France for the Guineas or, or maybe Newmarket. We'll see what happens after the Greenies. He's a very interesting horse. Um, he's done nothing wrong and... Uh, and we'll see, you know, look, look, a lot of things changes in the winter with, with, with this two-year-old. So I'm, I haven't sat on him since I won the, the Grand Criterium last year. So um, listen, in two weeks' time, when it turns up in Newbury, we'll find out and we'll, we'll decide where to go after step one. And when, when do we see Frankie Dottori back here? Well, I'll be back, uh, I'm coming back on Wednesday. It's, I think there's not much going on. I couldn't get a ride in the Grand National, so I'm going to skip entry. So uh, I would say uh, it's a couple of turf meetings the week after, but nothing really gets going until the uh, Craven and Newmarket, really. So, listen, I'm going to be around riding work and stuff. And, uh, yeah, you know, listen, after it's, it's all about the Grand National this week, and then after that, uh, it's our turn. So uh, it won't be long. Frankie, it's great to speak to you. It was great fun last night, Frankie. It's, it's as you know, not everyone's going to like you or whatever in this life, but most people in horse racing feel that having you in it is a, is a breath of fresh air. So we all hope it, it carries on like that for, for many, many, many years, Frankie. Well done last night. Thank you, Matt. I'll see you soon. Take care, Bye. man. Frankie Dottori, who... He's going to get a pay rise, actually, when he comes back as well. I'm going to talk about that more after the break. Before we go to the break, though, just one or two fruity words there from Frankie, perhaps just forgetting uh, that he had just had six bottles of champagne. And, uh, of course, we apologise for any of you who might have been slightly offended by that. He's obviously a very excited boy. We'll be back after this, finding out exactly what Frankie will earn when he comes back. No, Boise, no. No, you can't come back next week. No. Sorry, we're on it. Right. Um, welcome back. This is Racing Debate. Sean Boyce absent, as he will be in many weeks ahead. I've decided to take over. Racing Debate. So, from Frankie Dottori, what will he be earning as a flat rider when he comes back? Well, it's one of the extraordinary aspects in many ways of horse racing that whether you're a jockey who's ridden 10 winners or indeed a jockey who's ridden the Dubai World Cup, Victor, you earn the same money over here in the UK. That has gone up a little bit. And to tell us more, we have Dale Gibson on the line. There he is. Look, there he is. The PGA's director of racing. 
How are you, Dale? Oh, I'm very well, Matthew. How are you? I'm a bit concerned about your voice. Are you are you you in good form? Yeah, I'm in great form. It's been quite a long 24 hours, to be fair, and I'm looking forward to the show being over. But delighted, delighted to chat to you. Um, tell us, we got a pay rise, and on at face value, when you consider everything that's going on in the world, a sort of what is it? 15% pay rise looks pretty good to me. Yeah, it's 11.5% uh, pay rise, uh, Matthew. Okay. And um, it's been uh, negotiated by, by our board alongside the ROA. And we're very grateful for their, for their help um, uh, during, this, uh, during this period in time. Uh, so, yes, from April the 1st, flat jockeys' pay will increase up to £142.90 uh, uh, start, starting on the 1st of April. National Hunt riders, their pay will increase to 194 uh, bearing in mind, fuel price inflation has been through the roof for the last six or nine months. A lot of riders going for one ride. Last year, there was only a, a minute pay rise. We took COVID into consideration. And if you look back to 2020, when we uh, negotiated the improvement to the non-runner fee, that was in lieu of any pay rise. So um, taking everything into account, uh, we, we believe is a very fair deal. And we look forward to, to working with the ROA later in the year where we will have a, a joint working group to look at uh, jockey remuneration and expenditure. Were the ROA pretty helpful on this? In other words, were owners keen to support the jockeys or do you have to battle? No, very, they, were, they were keen. They understand it. Um, the, uh, the ROA board are very understanding with the likes of Stephen Astaire, who's, who's been on that board for the last 30-odd years and, and rode himself as, as an amateur and a number of other individuals on, on that working group. But they were thoroughly understanding uh, of, of the issues involved with being a professional jockey, Matt. We've got to remember that uh, the average national hunt jockey only rides 160 horses a year, which is a pretty low figure. Uh, the average flat rider rides 290 uh, rides a year, which again, uh, it wouldn't be as quite as many as some people would uh, would, would realise. So, you know, we've, we've used those figures in in, in calculations. Um, we've used the fact that um, more and more riders are going for one ride. And if you have one ride, um, unless it's at your local meeting, you're not making very much money on the day, Matt, unless you ride a winner. Yeah. It's, <laughs> jump jockeys obviously get a lot more money than flat jockeys. Uh, at face value, that's a fairly obvious thing. People say, well, yeah, they're going to get more injuries. But you could also argue that when flat jockeys fall, their injuries are often perhaps more serious than jumps jockeys. In the past, again, the argument against that might be flat jockeys can ride a lot more meetings, the evening racing, but now everyone's just restricted to one day. Do you feel in time the two will get a little bit closer together? It's a good shout. And uh, some some people think we should have parity. However, when you look at the volumes of races for both codes, it's roughly a 60-40 split. So therefore, there's significantly more rides on the flat than there are national hunt. Um, and those figures are relatively stable, Matt. And when you actually look at the uh, average earnings of a national hunt rider and a flat rider, in, in, in the median term, they're not too far away. Naturally, the flat rider were a bit more because those volumes are volumes are higher. But at some point, we will look at that. But um, as we stand at the minute, there is that differential. And whether it will be in groups or whether individually, did the PGA ever discuss with jockeys the idea of everyone 
deciding what they want to cost themselves at. Is that, is that something that comes up regularly? Uh, infrequently, Matt, actually. Right. Um, your, your memory's very good. It was raised many years ago. Um, but when you look at um, the way that the riding fee is structured, i.e. the valets taking their deduction, the agents taking their deductions, uh, insurance, the PJA, physio, all those other little bits and pieces for an apprentice, the jockey coach, it's very difficult to suddenly start having a, a fee structure for the likes of, say, Frankie, who you who you just interviewed, who's in great form. And as you said, you know, somebody who's who's maybe only riding 10 wins a year. We feel it's it's right and fair. It works. Uh, it works pretty well. Um, we, we never get too many knockbacks from it. But your your question is a fair one as ever, Matt. But currently, the system works well, and we're happy with 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 how it uh, it actually uh, is set up. And so, there's never been a discussion about perhaps like a a Premier League of jockeys, like just Group One, Group Two, Group Three. You can put yourself in whichever group you like, and that's what what you will get. Yeah, we, 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 we're just happy with what we got at the minute. I, I guess your next question, Matt, will be, well, how, how would you have rated me when I was riding? You'll, you'll probably then put me on row Z, I guess. But no, we're keeping it exactly as, as it is for the, for the current, uh, current period. And we've got a couple of three or four plans in, in process for the next six or 12 months. New chief executive coming in in a couple of weeks' time uh, who's got a really good, strong commercial background. And we will be looking at other forms of jockey remuneration in the next six to 12 months. I think it's really important we, we, we realise how, uh, what a great job our, uh, our members do, professional athletes. They're going in day in, day out. Uh, it's a tough gig. The season starts in absolute earnest in a couple of weeks' time. And once it kicks into place on the flat, there's barely a day off through to uh, the end of October when it starts to ease off. The National Hunt riders have had a busy time. It's a tough gig, Matt, and we have to look at all forms of remuneration for our members. And um, I really think it's time that we uh, we keep pressing the button on these issues. Yeah, I wasn't suggesting anyone should ride for free, Dale, which probably would have been your category. But um, um, <laughs> you've, you've mentioned Ian McMahon, who's coming in. Um, you've, you've, you've hinted that a commercial side is, is going to be what he's going to bring to the table. Um, I think we've been used to a side in recent years that with Paul that he's been very much a guy who's gone to the jockeys and put an arm around them and, you know, been part of the institution. What, what's, what's the one big thing that you would like changed in the near future? Um, I think from the financial point of view, we've really noticed, even with this fee rise, Matt, it's, uh, it's increasing the, uh, the, the earnings of the median and the lower quartile jockeys. We've got a few things planned one or two things up our sleeve, one or two things we'll be working on collectively, which Ian and I work on and the rest of the team. We've got a very strong board at the moment. John Holmes has, has come in as chairman uh, just over a year ago. Simon Cox, new executive director, has been particularly helpful to me in the last three or four months. It hasn't been the easiest period in my time. We're a very strong team behind us and we will get together in the next few months and bang our heads together. But we will be looking more at that. You're dead right. Paul was was brilliant at that at that uh, pastoral side of things. Absolutely superb with what he did with mental health and, and many other topics which might have slipped under the radar. And um, but I think now we've really progressed that side of things. I'm going to be deeply involved with the day to day racing issues, which, as you well know, never go away. Um, you know, there's never a dull moment on that side. 
but um, Ian will be coming in very much with um, with a commercial head on and, and, and looking at opportunities there in the future. And finally, Dale, I think it's fair to say that in particular, the commentator on the Legends race at Doncaster missed you being in the race last time because you're so easy to pick out with your very individual style. Um, is there a chance we will see you back in action in 2022 for one last Gibbo hurrah? Uh, absolutely zero chance, Matt. Um, I, when I hit 50 and when we raised a million pounds uh, for the two charities involved, it was time for the Gibbo to hang up his boots. So um, I've started running. I look forward to playing some cricket this year. And, um, yeah, I think my riding days are over, Matt. Maybe we can reintroduce you to riding a horse. It'd be great to see you there. And I'll be the first person that sponsors you if we see you in action um, live in public. It's a loss to the sport, Gibbo. I'm so sorry that we won't be seeing you again. But all those jockey coaches, I'm sure, will be pulling out your videos and saying to the young apprentices, lads, this is the way not to do it. Right, Gibbo, thanks for coming on the show. Goodbye. The great thing about hosting a show, you can just decide when the guests come on and when they go, and you give them no chance to respond. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're watching Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. So we've spoken to Frankie Dettori about the Dubai World Cup and Lord North and Country Grammar. We've spoken to Dale Gibson about money wages. But what about those jockeys who don't get it quite right. There was mayhem at Fontainebleau earlier in the week. What you want in this situation is a commentator who just holds it all together. We had Ian Bartlett. Quite some way from home as well, four and five out. Uh, Highliner great, nips her on the inner run. Oh my word, got another one going all over the place here. Paintball. Oh, they've gone two different ways. So we've got two races here. Let's hope one bunch work out who's gone the wrong way soon. So Paintball and Eric Leviking are on the extreme left going one course. <laughs> oh dear. St. Parr, Skinnean, Highliner Great. Uh, off to the right with Gazda Hope and have gone a different way. Both. Oh, fair play to whichever bunch is wrong because they're determined they're wrong, aren't they? So this is another obstacle down the far side. You've got Peyton Ball and Eric the Viking on the far side. <laughs> One turn. Uh, Skidean and St. Pair together. Highliner great behind those. And then comes Gazda Hope as they run round the bottom turn. One would tend to suggest the ones on the right are not in the right place if the groundsman's in the way. So they get over the next set of obstacles. They're two races for one. <laughs> St. Pair then, the white and green stripes, uh, is leading. They've all sort of merged into one group now, but, you know, hold all your tickets because Lord alone knows what the stewards will make of this and what eventually will win <laughs> this race. The white sleeves of St. Pair is coming through to just be in front from Highliner Great. St. Pair passes the line in front. Highliner Great in second position. Very tight for third. Eric Leviking and Skinnean behind those. So it could well be photographs first and second, photographs third and fourth, and quite a long steward's inquiry. 
Enjoyed that, didn't he, old Barty? At the Hippodrome of the Sun. I wonder what our French racing expert, Laurent Barbara, made of that. Laurent, only an absolute fool could do something like that, couldn't they? Or could they, Lauren? No, no, no. It's um, These things have happened in the past. It's very rare, but it happens. In fact, you have to, to think that the two jockeys, well, the, the young girl in front is still a very inexperienced rider. She was absolutely countering in front. Everything was going so smoothly. She said, well, I'm, I'm going the, the other way. And that's it. Things happen. Things happen. But when I saw the experienced jockeys, you see, here she is in front, Lea Suisse. And she's in front of David Gallon, who is a much more experienced jockey riding for Guillaume Maquet. He's not moving from the rail, from the inside rail. I basically, I, you know, I knew he was on the right trip here and that she was wrong with the other young lad behind her. These things are very unfortunate, but um, yeah, you can see uh, the experienced boys were on the inner and they were right. Presumably, I mean, we heard quite a bit of shouting between the riders in commentary, but... They were determined to stick to their guns. It was almost as if they were saying to the stewards, look, we might be wrong, but we're still going to have a go. Yeah, well, they, you know, it, it goes to a certain extent where you think, what, what, what have I done wrong, you see? <laughs> and, and, you know, they just, they just thought, that's it, we'll, we'll take our chance. Um, we've seen it happening on the flat. It happened um, over jumps before. Um, so, you know, they thought for a second that they were right, but um, just at this stage, I guess, the older boy on the inside were shouting at them and telling them, even a little bit later in the race, just, just give up, that's it. You what see the kind, man here? What kind of punishment's given out, Laurent? 30 days. 30 days back. A for, long time. For both? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, it is, at the end of the day, it is a sport, and things will go wrong. For, I mean, you used to ride. You wouldn't have been stupid enough to do anything like that, would you, as a, <laughs> as a rider? You see, I'm too honest because I told our producer it happened to me on a race course when I rode over jumps yes, at Granville. Um, so you were stupid enough to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was, you know, I was absolutely cruising in front with a, with a very experienced jockey beside me and said, no, let's go right, let's go right. And we saw the other jockeys waving at us just a couple of seconds later. Bye-bye, boys, you're on the, wrong, on the wrong path. Never got a ban for this one from over 30 years. I mean... For me, that's a great tactic. What I would have done if I was the guy is say, Laura, you go right, and then just as you're edging that way, I'd yank mine back left. Yeah, well, no. When you've got, when you're in, in the swing, you just can't stop and do it. You have to carry on and, and pull up later on. But no, it, it's too tricky. Once you're wrong, you're gone wrong at this stage. It's too late. It's far too late. It's over. No, and just out of interest, because I've never seen you in, in this room before, where, where are we now in the Laura Barbara <laughs> dungeon? Well, I'm not in my house today. That uh, you know. Well, hold on. Whose house are you in? Have you robbed uh, the house? A friend of mine. It, it's an old uh, school friend of mine um, in the middle of Mallorca. Believe it or Okay. They let you in. Yes, they did. Okay, good. Um, on a serious note, I just wanted to ask you briefly about, um, and I don't, I don't think anyone's prepped you for this. So good luck. Um, but Pierre Charles Boudot. I mean, it's all gone very quiet with him. And obviously, he's now been yeah. out of action on some very serious offences, allegedly yes. offences, for a long time now. What, what's the latest? I mean, is he going to be charged or, or not? We, we still don't know because there is an investigation going on. And from the time that the, the proper investigation started, um, he, he was banned from riding. 
So anyway, he said not that long ago, but a month ago in a statement that anyway, he would have given up riding for the time being because he really wants to concentrate on his defense because he's going to go to court. There's a court case there. He's going to go to court. And he would have given up riding anyway to prepare properly for the court case. So you see, it's, um, it's still going on, can still go on for months and months, a long, long process, the justice processing. In these cases, especially over the, the subject that is involved here, it's, it, it's probably unfair of me to ask what, what people are thinking because it's hard to know what to think. But, I mean, one thing we do know is that we are just on a riding level, forget about everything else, yeah. missing arguably yes. the man who was the best rider in the world almost a couple of years ago. Yes, it's just amazing when you go back to the British Cup a couple of years ago and so on, the seasons he's had in front of the last two, three years. It's just amazing. Um, and, and you see that the worst thing, but we have to think about the, you know, the, the so-called victim at the moment, that girl, you know, if, if something really happened, it, it, it's terrible. Yeah. But if something did not happen, this is basically Pierre Charles' career. I'm not going to say over, but this is a, a big, big damage. And, uh, you know, is he going to be strong enough to ever come back if he can come back? Um, so it's, it's a balance. It's, it's, it's a very tricky situation because because we, we've had these cases from in France, you know, in the justice, where you've had a, an investigation lasting four years, then at the end, you know, the, the, the person is just, um, is just not guilty. Yeah, um, it's a tough one. And, tough and one. finally, just a little sign the other day, Andre Fab, the master European trainer, as we call him, you know, he hasn't quite been at a level in the last couple of seasons that he has in the past. Is, is there a sign that he could come back in 2022 or, or is Fab? A force of yesteryear. No, no. no. You, you know what, Matt? Every year we say, basically at the same time of the year, all the fab they have done been firing in as they normally do. I think they have. Uh, when you look up at, at the stats, you see that some nice horses out already. Um, and, and we say, we've been saying it every year for the last 25 years. So, you know, no worries. He still has a, a massive bunch of nice horses, beautifully bred horses. And I think uh, we see the classic prospect very soon in, in action. We've seen one already. And, uh, you know, there's plenty more to come. No worries. And I, I think I've said final question three times now, Lawrence. I'm going to say it yeah. again. Final, 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 final question. Tell me about these drug raids that have been going on in France while I've been in, in Dubai. What, what's been going on there? It's, it's you know, from, from last Tuesday, it looked like something absolutely massive. Um, uh, an, an investigation that has lasted for one year, people, you know, being listened on the phone, uh, um, um, a kind of European investigation, and it looked absolutely massive. Um, some trainers um, have had their license taken away, some went into custody. There might be some investigation starting uh, very soon as well for some trainers. We have to wait and see again because, um, you know, we've got different versions about what is really happening. It may not be as bad as it looks. It may be Ten times worse than it looks. Um, we don't know. It's um, you know, it's a very critical time to talk about it at the moment because uh, because there's you know there is the police one side, there are the, the rumors the other side, and um, we need to wait and and a little bit more and, and see what is happening because it's very unclear at the moment. Uh, some charges don't don't seem to be um, very fair. Some others seem to be extremely serious. Um, there is a bit of everything, so we have to be very cautious. I mean, the old expression, there's no smoke without fire, Laurel, isn't always yes. true. But in this case, it sounds to me like you think something will come out of this. It's not just oh, going to yes. go away. 
No, 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 no. Something will come out of this because there are too many people involved anyway. But it, you know, what they have to find it at what level um, people have been involved, um, you know, for how long, what was the real impact? I mean, there was a, a very small trainer from southwest of France, a man has trained 25 years, 15 horses in training. He was in custody for three days, absolute hell. And he said, Jesus, he said, I, we spoke to the, the judge and, and the police officer. They don't, they don't know anything about tracing. Um, they even accused him of, you know, pulling horses because he, he told his jockey for, on a newcomer, just, you know, go easy with the horse. We're going to give him a bit of time. He needs to race to learn the job. You see that the justice uh, people would not really know the, the, the horse business. They don't necessarily understand everything that is said. They can see what is used if there are some doping product and, you know, some, some kind of fraud organization and so on. But uh, so there is a bit of mix at the moment. Um, we still have to be very cautious. There's going to be things coming out in a few weeks and then we, we can talk more seriously about it. Yeah, it's very difficult if the if the yeah. justice system don't understand the nuances of of horse racing. It, it's a, it. it's a tricky one for them. Laurent Barbaran, we shall let you get on wherever you are Thank you, Matt. in your own way. And thanks for joining us. Nice to see thanks, you. Thanks, Matt. Nice to see you too. A good one. Bye bye. Doesn't usually say that. Um, Laurent Barbaran, there, our French expert here on Sky Sports Racing. Once again, we'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to Racing Debate with me debating with myself here on Sky Sports Racing. I've just decided that that is the best way forward for this show. Uh, sorry, Boise, you had your chance, you blew it. Took me on, big mistake, son. Right, we're going to have a look back at the Lincoln, the big curtain raiser to the flat turf season here in the UK, sponsored by SBK. And, of course, the top horses in the market for the Lincoln this time around, all their trainers were over in Dubai. Um, Simon and Ed Crisford, they had Salim. Willie Haggis had Mushtaba. And, of course, Godolphin sent over the very promising modern news. None of them would win it. They could be all set here, and away they go for the SBK Lincoln of 2022. And there's a nice even break as well. One that was slow to stride was uh, Hort Sadar, who's just playing catch up a little bit. Over on the far side, Irish Admiral, showing good paces to lean. In fact, might just be alongside Johan disputing the running with Revich uh, down the centre. Scottish Summit is right up there. So too is Marie's Diamond on the near side, the pink jacket trapped there then by Notre Belbet in the blue and white darkness behind in that little group as well. Fame and Acclaim is there, held up at the back of the field is Rogue Bear and the Red Jack. Over on the far side there, Mushtabar sitting in about 7th or 8th position alongside United Front in the black and yellow. Wider than to the right is Broken Spear as they race on uh, towards the halfway point. Teodolina the filly is next. Eagle Way, blue and yellow, quarter jacket. Behind that one is Amethyst, who's now making up some progress. What's the story is on the move as well with a bit to do. But as they race on now, down towards the three furlong marker, I can see Modern News trying to pick his way through there as well for Harry Davis and he's making progress but it's Salim in front here for Ross Coakley taken on by Johan Irish Admiral Eagle Way and then Scottish Summit on the near side Robert is finishing off well Notre Belbet also running on pretty strongly with Broken Spear as well as they race down inside the final furlong and a half here and over on the far side Salim Johan down the centre though alongside him followed then by Broken Spear on the far side nothing much else getting into it Johan stretching out in style 
well in the closing stages and Johan takes the Lincoln from in second place Salim Robert gone up the third Irish Admiral was fourth and close up behind them on the far side was Broken Spear Big start for the season then for Sylvester D'Souza, the former champion who's now riding freelance. Now this will sound like after-timing of the worst kind because of course in no way did I tip up or indeed fancy Johan but he wasn't impossible because he had actually good form in the book, a fifth of 16 behind Nugget in the spring mile, a fourth of 18 behind Maidani in the Golden Mile at Goodwood. Those are the kind of handicaps that you want. The, the reason I think why most of us wouldn't have fancied Johan was because you would have expected something to be better handicapped. It wasn't that Johan wasn't good enough to win a race like this. You just expect one of the more unexposed horses to have a bit up their sleeve. As it happened, they didn't. Although Salim ran really well, an Irish admirable was a really good fourth for um, William Haggis as well, again suggesting it was a, it was kind of a Lincoln for experienced handicappers rather than lightly raced handicappers. Speaking of uh, horses, though, who have plenty of experience, over in Dubai in the Alcor Sprint, it was a chance to see a case of you once again. A former Abbey winner trained by Ado McGuinness, he lifted off the roof as he came off in front. Set for a start, gates are back, and they sprinting away. Get smoking jumps inwards, but propelled itself to the early lead. So Aces in the white colours directly behind. Enshide in the greys towards the far side, followed by Mutafawa in the blue jacket and the red cap, joined by Naval Crown, whose arms up the far side. Bernoyles in the yellow and green colours. Emiratiana got just ahead. Laura Sion, then comes Happy Romance. They race in the middle of the course, hard up on the outside. Man of Promise in the all blue. Kept company by Creative Force, Taxiwala. Now they all in a bunch. They follow by Air Devals, who's next best, a case of you under the outside rail, bang in contention, the pink colours of Casa Creed is towards the end of the field, they're halfway through, the old cos sprint and Kuzam towards the far side, I'd say he's just about the leader Mutafawa, man of promise, then comes a case of you, he's getting into the hunt as well happy romance, a chance in between runners, further back then to Emiratiana and Taxiwala past the 200 a case of you, lays it down to man of promise, man of promise trying to get on terms, a case of you got him on the ropes, then comes happy Romance, a case of you though, comes home to win the old cause. A case of you won it. Happy Romance second, Man of Promise third. Fourth close, Naval Crown, Casa Creed involved. Taxiwala, then came Kuzam. They were ahead of Mutafawak, where Noel was next to finish Sueza. Lauda Sion in Scheiden. Unbelievable. Um, we always said this is a good horse, and I think he'll get recognition now because he's probably one of the best sprinters in the world now. I'm lucky I have him, and it could have been brilliant. Already an Abbey winner, of course. Yeah. He's a two-time Group 1 winner now and it can never be taken away from him. And Ronan gave him a super ride. We're just thrilled to bits. We were on the right side and, you know, it was just fantastic. Give us an idea what it feels like to you to win a race on this kind of world stage. Look, it's unbelievable. We're, we're, we're still pinching ourselves. Um, for me to come out here and to be looked after so well and all these people that are around, they look after us so well. It's just a fantastic place to be. And until people come here and see the place, they know, they'll never realise what it's like. So I'm saying you've got to come and see it, and it's just fantastic. Finally, though, we see the superpowers here, but it was 2004, probably Victram was winning at Listerl, and the first sort of notice that we had of Edo McGuinness, you've 
come a long way. I've come a long way. I'm probably an overnight success after 20 years, but look, at it's great. And excellent questions there from our on-course reporter. Um, big draw, Bas, in the sprint races over at Maidan this season. And I suspect the case of you was very much helped by being next to the rail, but take nothing away from him. Everyone loved this. Ronan Whelan up. Of course, Triffy, young jockey, well, youngish now, and he's done really well. The seconds run a cracker. Happy Romance, the former Super Sprint winner. Man of Promise, he, he travelled like the best horse, but didn't quite see it out. Nor one or two disappointments in there, like Swayze, who was well-backed, close to the off, but never sighted for the French challenge. A case of you, Aido McGuinness, and Ronan Whelan on a card, of course, that was very much dominated by Japan. And we're just going to see this more and more, isn't it? What's going to be fascinating is when the Japanese winners start flowing in the UK. That hasn't really happened yet. But when it does, I think it's going to hit us in the face like a very, very messy, slappy fish. Because um, we've just seen so much evidence now in every country that Japan is about to take over in the world of horse racing. You need to imagine Godolphin and Cornwall, etc. Those big powerhouses are really looking over their shoulders at the Japanese. Stay foolish. Wasn't he tenacious in the Dubai World Cup against Monobo? Of course, there was crown pride in the UAE derby. Switzerland in the Dubai Golden Jaheen wasn't for Japan. Yoshita Yahagi, though, did get a win on the board, of course, or a joint win with Pantalassa. And then that Sharia for Japan in the Dubai Shima Classic, seeing off what I thought was a very unlucky Breeders' Cup turf winner, Yabia, who's a character horse, but going to take centre stage in a lot of big races this season. So it was the start of the flat turf in the UK yesterday, the end of the Dubai Carnival in Maidan, but the horse racing show just goes on, as you will find out with John Blance after this.